In the first part of this teaching on water baptism, I covered a lot of scriptures that make it very clear water baptism is necessary, water baptism gets into, helps us deal with the old carnal nature, the old sinful nature, and we need it as part of the package that is required for us to be redeemed from our sins. And I'm going to show you more about that and teach you more about that now. Right now, I want to ex um, explain to you how the blood of Jesus and water baptism, they work together so that we can be born again. So please bear with us on this. Because some of you say, I've never heard that before. There must be something wrong with it. Well, listen, I'm, I'm just reading scripture to you. As I said in the first part, this is not my imagination or my church's doctrine or a bad dream I've had or a visitation of the angel. This is strictly scripture, so we're sticking to it. Let me explain. The blood of Jesus is what pays the debt for our sins. And Ephesians 1, 7 is one of many scriptures. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So that's clear that the blood of Jesus pays the price for the sin that we should be paying the price for because sin, the only remedy is death unless we repent and apply Jesus' death and let him take the penalty for our sin. So that's what the blood of Jesus does. It pays the price. Secondly, this is what water baptism does. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 2. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, he's going back to when they came out of Egypt and through the sea when he, the Egyptians were chasing them. And this is what happened when they got to the other shore. Egypt came in to follow them through. The waters came back and drowned the army. Let me explain spiritually now how it applies to us. As that baptism of Moses that's referred to in 1 Corinthians 10 separated the children of Israel from their enemies. It separated them from their old way of life. It separated them from a culture that was not right, that violated their Christians, their godly stance. And so it's important that you realize, I need to have my sins forgiven, but I need to be separated from my old lifestyle, my old way of life, in order that God may do what he says many times he will do for us, that it may be well with you, that your life will be more fruitful, more enjoyable. Even though you have trials and tribulations, you still have the support of the Father in heaven to get through. So that's what water baptism does. It's, it, I'm saying I'm dying 
to what I wanted, all my fleshly desires, all the, all the yearnings, and all the selfishness, the greed of my flesh, wanting attention, wanting people to, to look to me or, or follow me because I'm important type thing in my pride. I'm dying to all that and saying, no, I'm bearing it. I'm going to live the life that Jesus will give me as I come up out of that water, which is the life of Christ. And he wants the Holy Spirit in us in order to do that. Now, there's one other place where it agrees with the whole thing of Moses being separated. Now we're going to look at Noah and his family. So let's read 1 Peter. This is the New Testament now, chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 18 through to 21. For Christ died for our sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the saints in prison, who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved through the water. And this water, listen, symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what that scripture is not saying. It is not saying that our baptism is symbolic of what Noah went through. It's saying the very opposite. The water that he went through is symbolic because it separated him and his family from his old way of life, living in a heathen nation that hated God, lived in more sin than you could count. And God saw that Noah, he was ready to destroy the whole earth, but God saw Noah, he was a righteous man, and so God made plans to separate him, and it was the water that separated him from his old lifestyle, and the neighbors around him, not physically today, but spiritually today, to separate us and to cause us to be people that are now managed by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, not going the way of the world, but going the way of the Lord. Now, for every individual listening to this teaching, some of you have serious things that God wants to deal with in the old way. Others may have very few because many people who are sinners live very good lives. They behave themselves. They know right from wrong. They may not know Jesus as a personal Savior, but they know right from wrong. And you see, in both situations... We need to turn our hearts to him and say, okay, Lord, I, I've repented of my sins. I went into the water. I confessed my sins, and the sins were washed away. The blood of Jesus forgave me. I'm totally free from the guilt of my sin because Jesus took my sin, and now I'm coming up out of that water as a child of God. Now listen, Lord, would you start to lead me? What do you want me to change from my old way of life? 
What needs to change in me physically, my desire, my longing? What needs to change in order for me to walk in a way that you can put my life in order again so that it will be well with me? That's what God's talking about here in First Peter. Baptism saves you from the old way of life. <clears throat> and I find that exciting. Because now, knowing the fellowship, knowing the blessing of the Lord, I don't even want to go back to my old way of life. I don't want to. And I am not an unhappy person. I wake up with a song in the morning in my heart, and I often sing it out loud. And Margaret will call up and say, what would you say, honey? And I'll say, I'm just singing. Why? Because I found a new way of living. I found a new life. Because I went into water baptism, saying to everybody around me, saying to every the demonic realm, saying to the Lord Jesus, I don't want to live my old lifestyle. I want to live the life of Christ who has desired, died on the cross so he can live in us, lead us and guide us so it will be well with us. When we have died, we have been buried. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, when we've done those things, you have been born again. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. I haven't got time in this teaching to do that. You'll find it in a teaching called Value Teaching if you look back in the archives. But you see, in order for me to be born again, I have to die to my first life. Not physically, but all my, everything in my thinking, my soul, everything. I don't want to live that way anymore, so I bury it. I'm not going to be born again if I don't kill my first life. Put yourself to death, Paul says. Crucify yourself, he says other places. Stop living that way. He's not talking physically. He's talking about my soul, that I need to change my direction from sinful to righteous. It's God's righteousness through his son Jesus that will get me through that. And so... When Paul said, you are dead, no, I'm sorry, Peter, he says, you're dead, you're down in that water, and then the person baptizing you brings you up, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, and the Father puts a seed in there, the same way as he put a seed in the Virgin Mary 2,000 years ago, plus or minus a few years, put a seed in there. It was the Word of God, and Jesus became that Word. He was the Word, and John chapter 1, verse 1 through to the next three or four verses make it clear that that Word was a seed that the Father sent. And when I come up out of that water, 
children. He put the same kind of seed in me because he is the same father to me as he was to Jesus. That's why I can call Jesus my elder brother. And we're the first, he's the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. So therefore, the same seed is in me. And that's why I am called in Scripture a child of God. Because I'm born of his seed. I can't be born unless I get buried, die and bury, stop the old life, start a new life. Glory to God. That's good news. <laughs> All the way across, that's good news. I don't have to live the way I used to live. I can now live for someone who's a better manager, a better leader, a better guider. He is the, my, my Father in heaven, and the Holy Spirit does everything the Father tells him to do in relation to me and my life. Jesus said that in chapter John, John chapter 16, I believe it is. Everything the Holy Spirit says, he will say it because the Father has told him to say it. So everything that Holy Spirit does in me, he's doing it because the Father told him to do it. That's how much the Father loves me, and that's how much he loves you, if you'll just let him do it. So let's look at water baptism. This is the main passage of Scripture in Scripture, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 8. This is, if you want to study water baptism, you can start here because this Nails it down. Verse 3, I'm going to start. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Don't you know? The answer is a lot of people don't. A lot of Christians don't. We were baptized into his death. That means as he died for me physically, I now die for him with my soul, not my body, my soul, where I say, I, I do that by saying, I give up my right. I want to serve you, Lord. Verse 4, we were therefore baptized with him through baptize, I'm sorry, we were there buried with him through baptize, <laughs> I needed that. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I've been telling you that. You can't live a new life until you've died to the old one. That's a decision. We work it out in the physical by going in, but it's a decision we make to die to our old way of life. Listen to verse 5. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Can I turn that around, please? If we have not been united with him like this in his death, we'll certainly also not be united with him in his resurrection. He's talking about water baptism. 
Number six, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. What an awesome statement. So let's go on. That passage of Scripture is so key to this whole teaching. It is literally saying without any apology, the way you've managed your life, if you're fed up with it, if you're disappointed with your, the outcome of your decisions and the way you've governed your life, why don't you let the Lord do it? But you have to die to your old way first. Work it out in water baptism so you look back and remember that day, way back then, that's when I came up out of that water for a new life. You need that. I remember mine. I was only 13. I don't remember anything and except that day. I, I remember where it was, but I, I didn't have any teaching on it. I was simply told it was a testimony to those around me. And you see, that, that isn't even a biblical statement. Even though it's true, yes, all those people, there it is, a testimony, I'm going to live a new life. I had no idea it involved everything that Romans chapter 6 and all these other chapters have to do with it. What we're doing, Paul says, the Galatian church in chapter 3, verse 27, he says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, listen, have clothed yourself with Christ. In other words, you put on his life as you would put on a garment, you're putting on his life. And some of you need to say when you're, when you're disappointed, discouraged with the way you've been going, you've been making mistakes, you've even had to repent of some sins, and you've been water baptized and all that, you've repented way back then, you need to start saying, Lord, today I'm putting your life on. I'm going to walk as you walk. I'm going to talk as you talk. I'm going to treat people the way you treat people. I'm going to love them more than I love myself. I'm going to prefer them above myself. Lord, I put that on. It's part of my garments today. Then in Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says, In him you were circumcised. He's talking about the, the baptism of the New Testament. In putting off of the old nature. In other words, Paul says back in Galatians how we put it on. Well, right now he's talking to Colossians about taking it off. Put off the old sinful nature. When I went into the water, I say, I'm dying. That's putting it off. And not, uh, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Listen, when you die and you go into the water, it's Jesus that does the work in you to change you. That's a promise from that scripture. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And I said a few minutes from Romans 6 that we will be raised with him if we're willing to die with him. John chapter 1 verse 31, I myself did not know him. John said, but the reason I came baptized with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Listen, there's something about water baptism 
that says when you're water baptized, your eyes are opened to some things you didn't understand before. Luke chapter 7 underlines that as well. This is what Jesus said. Even the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Listen, what Jesus is saying here, baptism opened the eyes of tax collectors and the people, and they begin to say, that's right, he's fulfilling prophecy, that's the Messiah. But the people who refused to be baptized by John, they said, no, 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 he doesn't fill our, he doesn't fill our expectations, so therefore they rejected him and eventually crucified him. Brothers and sisters, we need water baptism. We need to be. I want to open another area. I learned this through that man I mentioned way back in the last, Derek Prince. He gave an example of this. Now, temptation comes by thoughts from the enemy. And you see, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let me stop and explain to you. When the enemy wants to tempt you, it's thoughts he's putting in your mind, and often uses the word I or me or mine, so you just assume they're your thoughts. But they're his flaming arrows, his, his temptation that says in Ephesians 6 when it's talking about the armor of God. He's putting those things in there. And in our culture today, we think that's normal. That, and so therefore, we should, we should change things in our lives to agree with what we're thinking about the, the whole gender confusion thing because we believe thoughts coming in from the enemy that I'm really not that, I'm something else. And we're, we're bowing to it, but we're supposed to fight that stuff. Paul says, take them captive because they don't agree with the truth of the word of God. This is what Dark Prince taught me. He says, when I'm tempted with something, those thoughts come into my mind. I like to remind the enemy. I say, enemy, demon of temptation, the man that you are tempting does not do those things because he's dead and buried. The man that's dead and buried, go tempt him if you want. But the man that come out of that water is a new creature. He's a child of God. He doesn't do that. And I've done that. And for a number of times after I heard about that, I started to deal with temptations that way. And that is why Satan hates the whole teaching on water baptism because he knows, you know, that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. He knows that. And when he hears it coming to your mouth, 
That's the arrows coming out of your mouth, the sword, pardon me, the sword of the word of God that it talks about in season six. There's a shield, which is a shield of faith. That's the word of God coming out of mouth. And the sword is the word of God coming out of mouth. So when you speak the truth, the shield goes up to prevent those arrows from hitting you anyone. The sword comes out to drive him back. It's offensive and defensive. That's why we need it. Listen, I'm not teaching you something new. I am not. Augustine, that philosopher uh, way back in the fourth century, around 410, in his book, The Confessions, that he wrote about of becoming a Christian, it's his autobiography and he includes, of course, his conversion. Interestingly, after he becomes a Christian, he is accosted by a prostitute whose services he used prior to his conversion. She calls him out by name in the streets. Now listen, he responds to her. This is what he says, Augustine died. He cannot hear you. Do you understand? That's what you're saying to the enemy and he tempts you. That person, that person's dead and buried. Go tempt him, you know. I like to challenge people. Go sit in a cemetery one day for a couple of days, take some water, take some sandwiches, sit in a chair, watch a certain tombstone, and ask yourself at the end of two days, did that person ever commit a sin? While I'm sitting here, did he commit a sin? The answer is no. Why not? Because he's dead. The Holy Spirit, the water, and the blood work together. Listen to John, 1 John, pardon me, 1 John 5, verse 6. This is the one who came by water and blood, both. Jesus Christ, he did not come by water only, but by water and blood. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there the three can testify. Listen, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, the three agree. We need all three. Hebrews 10, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Both those things, if we want to come into the present, Lord, draw near to God, it's because this, the blood has cleansed us, the water has washed us clean and separated us from our old way of life so we can come in to the presence of the Lord. If you've never died to your selfishness, your touchiness, your self-centered dreams, your visions of yourself, your desires, all your wishes, even though you may have been baptized, you never died, and the baptism was only a worthless religious experience. It's time you were rebaptized. If you want to okay that, go to Acts 19. There Paul found disciples who had been baptized, but when he explained to them the baptism of Jesus and the death and the resurrection, they want to be baptized again. He baptized them again. There's nothing wrong with being baptized again. I know many people who have been because now they have better understanding 
of what it is. And they know they can take it and fight the enemy and his temptations. They can stand against the things of the flesh that want to go back into the old way of life, resurrect the old self, get them out of the tomb. But listen, I tell you, we need to fight against it by taking authority over our thoughts, by declaring to the enemy those words that say that person that used to do that is dead and buried. Go ahead, do what you want with him. But this is a child of God. He doesn't do that anymore. He's free from it. Father, we need to have a deeper revelation in the body of Christ of what you've done with your blood and what you do with water baptism. Please, my Father, take this message deep into the heart of, of people who are not Christians, people who are Christians but never took seriously the water baptism. Do it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Take them down to the river, Lord. Get them baptized. Let them enter into that resurrection life that you have promised them. We thank you. Amen. Please visit our website at jwmi.ca to find out about more information of our ministry.